Welcome to another episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. My name is Maurice Jager and I'm a photographer, speaker and the author of the book Personal Branding for Photographers. This podcast is all about learning how to improve your personal brand as a photographer. Thank you for listening today and let's dive in. Welcome to a new episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. And today we are straight out of Brooklyn, New York with Emily and Brandy. Hey guys, welcome on the podcast. Hi. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? Introduce yourself real quick for the people that don't know you. We're doing good. And my name is Emily Teague. I'm a portrait and fashion photographer based out of Brooklyn, New York, and originally from California. And I'm Brandy Nicole, also in Brooklyn, New York. We are roommates. Um, I am a fine art portrait photographer, originally based, um, or originally from Kansas City. Wow. So one is a fashion, one is a fine art. Like, how does that mash up? Like, do you guys like work together or like, uh, like, do you like combine your work or like, what's the story there? I think in my mind, it's the perfect kind of mashup because we're both interested in like very feminine portraits. Um, you know, we both use the same kind of lighting. Like there's a lot of overlap, um, but also different enough. So like we're going after different clients. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting to get each other's perspective on our work. Totally. I think we play off of each other's work all the time. Like Emily, mostly shooting like beauty and fashion. Like that plays a lot into my, my portraiture and um, and more of like a fine art pro approach. Um, so it's it's really cool seeing like how we both always shoot something that's that's similar in very different ways. So did you guys find that out while living together or, or was like sharing apartments kind of um, like, did you find that out after you shared an apartment or was that something like, I want to share an apartment with her because I feel like we could work together kind of thing? Yeah. It's a funny story. Actually, we met while living together and we still are like, how did that happen? Um, we met only a year and a half ago uh, while both subletting an apartment that was also a studio. So we naturally were just shooting our own things and realizing that like we're both naturally drawn towards the similar type of subjects, like very feminine portraiture um, with like a fashion flair. So it just naturally happened that we were like, okay, actually this works out really well. Let's be roommates and continue this and, and move down the hall from where we met. <laughs> continue this journey. <laughs> and you, you're shooting out of your uh, studio apartment. You yeah, we a, sure are. Yeah. Cause I, I saw that awesome video uh, with, I think it was Adorama or something that you like shared your setups and yeah. like showed people around the apartment with like you, Emily and Brandy, you are starting a YouTube channel with all your BTS stuff because yeah. you are getting very famous or infamous in the whole um, like selfie space and taking self portraits, if you will, like selfie is like pretty much like downplaying it, which is not what I want to do because your stuff is like really like thought through and you take a, you put a lot of effort and thought and uh, pre-production into your portraits. So, totally. so what is the thought behind that? Like, why do you want to like put yourself all over the Instagrams and the, the Facebooks with your own face and doing all these like stuff? Like i think you're like the vintage clothing uh, hoarder, if you will. So it's like... <laughs> oh, it's so true. Yeah. I So actually, it, it, it started because I'm always available, right? Like when inspiration strikes at midnight or 2 a.m. or 4 p.m., you know, I'm, I'm the one here and like ready to go. So it started naturally as just I'm the only one that's in the space available at the time. Um, I've been shooting self-portraits for, for many, many, many years and, and having now a studio space in my home um, and being able to yeah collect all of the vintage clothing and all of the props and just like kind of keep it in my home makes it so like at any time of day I can just shoot basically any concept I want and that is just a dream um so so yeah thank you so much for the for the kindness <laughs> I'm trying to be like a fine art approach to the to the traditional selfie yeah <laughs> yeah so what is the thought behind like where do you get your inspiration to take these like self-portraits because they're always like very thought through and you always like create a scene and 
I saw the BTSs and like Apple boxes and stools and I have no freaking clue what the hell is going on, but like it looks very professional. It's like... Thank you. Yeah, inspiration for me comes from everywhere, to be honest. Like I am pretty much inspired by everything from like a trip to the dollar store and like seeing what's available or like just looking outside and noticing like the light is coming in a certain way or finding a prop and just like running with it or an outfit, you know, like, or just something on, on Pinterest, right? Like Pinterest is like my, both of our like Mecca for inspiration, (laughs) like, um, seeing, uh, other people's work truly is something that just spirals me into this like inspiration zone. And, um, from there, I just, I just run with an idea. Right. So, um, thank you though. (laughs) Yeah. And Emily, do you take, uh, any um, like inspiration from what Brandy is doing with her personal work, and do you translate that into corporate or like uh, actually like pay jobs? I, I would say, I mean, Brandy's work is constantly inspiring me. There's so much that she does that I'm like, oh, that's like a new concept. Like recently, uh, maybe like a month or two ago, she did something where I think it was like a sparkly like band-aid, band-aid. yeah it do- like you have to see it looks beautiful um oh. and like recently I've just been thinking more I ultimately yes <laughs> inspires me all the time <laughs> wow <laughs> you didn't know that and you gotta be aware of that like right now right here when everybody's listening so that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, it's so fun, like having very different approaches. And also like I have my go-tos for inspiration, but then Brandy has her go-tos for inspiration. So mm-hmm. recently we've been having like meetings together just to kind of build and keep each other accountable. Um, and at the end of each meeting, we show each other what's inspiring us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, like seeing what Brandy, the inside of her head looks like <laughs> and like what's inspiring her and then vice versa, like showing her what what I'm inspired by too. It's just like really fun to collaborate in such a creative way. Yeah. And you edit side by side, right? You have like computers like next to one another. So basically attached at the hip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We only have like a thousand square foot apartment. So we just (laughs) constantly are next to each other, like uh, feeding off of each other creatively and asking each other's opinions on edits. And yeah, it's, it's honestly the best. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Like I'm going to, 400 square feet studio and just me. So it's like, I'm in like a, I don't know, an 18 by 18 box and that's it. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so do, like, is there a way that you translate what you're doing when you're in the apartment that like, I don't know, like two in the morning, like having fun, just shooting. Like, do you translate that into actually paid jobs? Uh, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that question first. I, um, I have a portrait business actually that I run, um, and most of the time it's it's generated from Instagram. Um, so although Instagram for me is a lot of my personal work and some of my portrait clients sprinkled in, um, it actually generates quite a bit of referrals um, from from that platform. So for me, absolutely, um, I'll shoot something crazy random at 2 a.m. with flowers everywhere, and then I'll get a, a message the next day like, hello, I would like to hire you to have that photo taken. <laughs> so that's really, really cool. And honestly, I mean, just a dream job if you want to talk about dreams, like, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And for you, Emily. Yeah. I mean, I've only started doing self-portraits since meeting Brandy. Definitely inspired by that again. Um, And I've only done it like maybe four times. I'm still like very new to it. And every time it's really fun. But like the first half hour, I'm like, wow, I am just not made for this. And then like at the end of the shoot, I'm like, oh, wow, I did it. (laughs) You know, Um, so I can't say that that has translated over to paid clients, but definitely a lot of my personal work does. I think not not yet, but we're on our way, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it is like self-portraits are also a really good time to like learn about lighting or like recently I'm like, okay, I really want to start doing gel photography. So I did a self-portrait with gels and just like, it's such a good time to experiment without the pressure on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And do you also feel like by taking self-portraits that you can put yourself in the shoes of the model and uh, kind of experience what these people are experiencing when you are trying to shoot them? And like- Absolutely. It's also really helpful for just like giving directions and knowing like what our bodies are capable, what our faces are capable of. And like if I'm working with a newer model who maybe isn't as experienced and does need a little more help with directions, I think that's definitely helpful. Absolutely. I think for me too, at being in front of the camera almost now and often, especially in quarantine as behind the camera, um, I'm so much more able now to clearly explain exactly how I need a model to move to like 
to to um, have my vision come to life, right? Like bring the top of your head this way or your nose facing that way, you know, like these little subtle um, notes on how a model should move. I've, I've become so much more comfortable with now having been actually in front of the camera yeah. or like I'll just go over to them and be like, model like this, you know, or like bring your hands here or like, you know, so that's, it's definitely helped me be able to direct models like so much more clearly. Yeah. And it's always like the slight movements, right? It's always like the, like the millimeters or like the really like tiny movements kind of thing. Like when I'm, when I took my latest headshot, like that was a selfie, if you will, or a self portrait. And it's like, I need to angle my head a little bit to the left. And then I did it. And it's like, it looks like I just got like a brain hemorrhage. I got to like move it back a little bit. And just like, it's just like really tiny movements that like make a big difference. Yeah. And it's like, when you do it yourself, it's like a little bit is already too much. So you mm -hmm. got to like really like micromanage the movements and just like just a smidge and then that's yes. already enough absolutely yeah it's it's, it's crazy it's what i tell my clients all the time like move your head a little bit to the left and just, no 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 not too much like little tiny movements and then i just like start moving my hand and just like move with my hand kind of thing and and it's exactly like, <laughs> and it's like i didn't move it's like it looks a ton different <laughs> so it's like it's always like those little bitty tiny things so you guys Uh, like you just mentioned like you you haven't always lived in the same apartment you always you haven't lived always in New York or in Brooklyn so let's talk a little bit about like how you got into photography uh, like way back in the beginning yeah let's let's <laughs> let's take it all the way as far way back as you feel comfortable going backwards sure. I, I guess for me I was 16 and my uncle offered me a class at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York it was just like a three-day workshop um, where you could choose any class whether it was like um, like fashion design sketching painting all these like really creative classes and I'm someone who uh, like I'm just really not good with my hands unfortunately and I'm very intimidated by a lot of um, things like painting or drawing. Um, and so I was looking through all the classes. I was like, okay, well, photography, I had modeled for my friend a couple of times. And I was like, maybe that would make me like better in front of the camera because uh, I would understand angles better, you know? And so I took that class and like the first day I ever picked up a camera, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I just totally fell in love. And then after I went back to Chico, where I was from in Northern California, um, I just started setting up shoots. I like went into it full force and never stopped. <laughs> and I'm right with you on the drawing because like, I, like if people ask me to draw a circle, they get a triangle or something. It's like, yeah. <laughs> can't freaking draw for the life of it. It's like, squares are circles and circles are squares or and like it's like all over the freaking place it's like like i'm like i always like people ask me like why did you become a photographer it's like i don't want i wanted to do something creative i wanted to do something technical and this is where the both worlds pretty much aligned because mm -hmm. i can't do anything creative for the life of it when it has to do with like getting a like a clean slate kind of thing and just like creating something it's like totally it's not in my book it's like can't I, deal with it it's like yeah. yeah and like as a kid i always wanted to be an artist that was like the dream and then i would like try applying it to paper and i was like why isn't this working <laughs> so it was so exciting to find like a creative outlet that i was really good at yeah It's like, I'm in, like in, in like, I don't know, like a sixth grade primary school, like sixth grader or something. It's like, yeah, I had like arts classes. And I was like, I was like crying at the table because they asked me for shit and I couldn't do it. It's like, I don't know how. It's like, no clue. Like, help me. And they couldn't teach me. It's like. Hard to teach drawing. Yeah. It's like, come on. It's like, I can't. Like. It was a pain in the I, like I went home like crying like I have no freaking clue what to do with my life. It's like I I'll just go into like I don't know something that makes sense. <laughs> it's like that's when I went into business school and eventually turned into photography. But it's oh, like yeah. background to have. Yeah. It, Absolutely. It, like I really like I can appreciate people that really like know what to do with like uh, brushes and pencils and. This is pretty much like what Brandy is doing, I think, because I see you all the time on rooftops, like watercoloring and like doing all these things. So um, this is pretty much like bridging into your yeah. 
past. Like, come on, let's uh, yeah, let's have it. Set it up. This is perfect. Yeah. So, so I kind of have um, the opposite approach to photography in that I started with art, right? Like in in. Um, yeah, in primary school, like my mom um, encouraged me to like draw on my walls, like in my bedroom, like I had this like wallpaper that was polka dotted and I just like used it as my sketchbook. So like my walls were covered in crayon. That was terrible. <laughs> um, but I uh, naturally was always drawn to like different um, arts, um, whether it was painting or drawing, not really having like a ton of skill, but just enjoying the doodling process. Right. Um, I had a camera from my dad, I think from middle school on um, that I would always just kind of like play with. Then I had like a photography class in high school and just became obsessed, started taking like people's portraits for like senior photos and weddings. So I kind of came um, at photography always from like an arts perspective though, because even when I had like my parents' cameras, I was out taking photos of flowers and like (laughs) my dog and (laughs) things like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of, kind of came at it from a different angle there. Is is that also why you always like take yourself portraits with like the flowers and the the creative things with like all the little stones and thingies on your face and like I don't know what the he- what that what's going on all the time but like does that come from that is that like a mashup from your past uh, go like going into your current work. I mean, now that you mention it, I, I guess I didn't really think too much about it. But yeah, probably. I'm, I've always, always been interested in, in like, you know, Disney dresses and, and beautiful hair and makeup and um, trying to do something a little bit more artistic. Yeah, like, yeah, like stones and glitter all over your face or flowers. Like, oh, my gosh, the, the amount of photos I've, I've taken of flowers, especially like in the beginning, it was just like the the cliche like like teenager with a camera going going at it with like a rose. <laughs> like I just find those photos. I'm sure they're like hilarious now. Isn't that how everybody starts? Like just like going out like into the garden and like shooting flowers and getting aware of like aperture and just like uh, getting like the nifty fifty lens and just like blowing it at one point eight and just like seeing what that all does and feel very proud of himself (laughs) like starting to learn the technicalities in in that time that was definitely like the angle like you start with like an idea of like what it is you want to photograph right like for me roses (laughs) and then and then figure out yeah exactly what an aperture is and find like the technicalities and find what works for you yeah. And for the listeners, I see Emily nodding very positively. <laughs> so uh, I think there's a similar story there. Totally. I mean, yeah, you just take photos of what you have access to, which is like your family, your friends, the flowers, I like products, anything. Mm-hmm. Did you take photos of flowers too? A lot of photos of flowers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can imagine them in my head right now. Yep. <laughs> You should go back over like old Lightroom catalogs and just like look at each other's flower pictures and compare notes. Yeah. <laughs> we the same photo taken opposite corners of the country. Yeah. So. <laughs> so just found old work when I was like 16, 17 and like saw what I had been doing in Lightroom, which was like. I thought that I wanted soft skin, so I would like take the clarity down like a negative one hundred. I was like cringing at those the other day. So it's it's funny you bring up old work. Somewhere yeah. pretty crying. <laughs> it's uh, like they had like soft focus lenses back in the day when it's like Canon had like soft focus lenses, and really back in the day they put like Vaseline on the front lens and shoot through that to make it like super freaking soft so like all the detail <laughs> yeah it's funny and like emily you're in like the fashion sphere like and you're like you moved like pretty much across country yeah. but you were shooting fashion already before you went to new york how did you yeah. get into the fashion uh world so i'm from a pretty small town i guess depending on what you consider small but it's like a hundred thousand people up in northern california um and of course like 
not a lot of fashion opportunities up there. But of course, like I was already really interested in it by the time I was a teenager. And so I would put together what I considered fashion, which was like going to thrift stores and like ordering stuff off of Amazon or eBay and just like put together shoots and style it myself. Um, but I really was not a very good stylist, which is not great if you're trying to be everything, right? Um, and so later on when I was like 18, like late 17, early 18, I started going down to Los Angeles where my brother had moved to. Um, and then it was like a whole world had opened up, right? Like I worked with real models for the first time. I was really confused when I was starting out, like what's the difference between a stylist and a designer? Like I was just kind of forced to learn about all of that um, at the time through Model Mayhem, which I know is like yeah. not, a, not a site <laughs> that people really use anymore. But yeah. you know, as a jury, it was like, oh my gosh, like here is this platform where I have access to all these creative people, um, you know, adults, professionals, like and they were willing to work with me, which was really exciting. So I kind of started building what I thought was a fashion portfolio. And then as I went on, I started collaborating with um, better creatives, with stylists, uh, with designers, with great makeup artists. And then after I had that in my portfolio, when I was still in Chico, uh, I started booking more commercial shoots where the client was inspired by the fashion shoots that I was doing. Okay. And how did you find those clients? Like, did you went into like boutique stores nearby or like? Uh, really like go straight for like the L'Oreal's or whatever like how do you build it I was super spoiled at the time just because I was coming from a small town so again like a hundred thousand people um so the competition for commercial photography it was a lot easier than New York <laughs> so um for me social media was everything like Facebook and Instagram mostly Facebook at the time was more popular for finding clients and it was a lot of networking and finding the right people and then word of mouth was the biggest thing of all. Um, there were a few clients like as I was getting older that I would start pitching. Um, but fortunately, a lot of them came to me, which was, again, I was really spoiled in that sense. Cool. Yeah. Like at some point, like it's, 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 I think it's like a very like honorable thing when people reach out to you because they want to work with you. I think that's yeah. like, that pretty much like makes your, uh, heart rate go up a little bit like oh my gosh these people want to work with me i i loved it the only thing that i'm a little like it was so great to start running full force into photography and and going full time with it the only thing that i do wish was different is that i would have pitched more when i was in a smaller town um because then going to new york it's like now like the connections are a lot smaller. Um, there's not as much word of mouth. And now it's like 100% pitching if I want work. So I wish like that transition would have been a little bit easier, but mm -hmm. you know, no so, regrets. So what do you do these days to keep yourself busy with the commercial? Now it's a lot of, of trying to pitch. So going through something I'm doing right now is like going through different boutiques in New York, um, looking at different like fashion, beauty, um, accessory brands and figuring out like which ones kind of align with my style of work mm -hmm. and then working on pitch letters to them. Um, yeah, that's where a lot of, of the effort is going right now. Like, and do you go through an agency? No, um, I haven't yet. I know in the future I do want to contact like agencies, art directors, creative directors, um, but right now it's just directly to potential clients. Okay. And how does that work for you, Brandy? <sighs> Yeah, I was actually just thinking about Model Mayhem a lot when she was <laughs> talking because it, it's so funny that that was such a phenomenon, I think, for, for photographers or any creatives. Like, just a few years ago, like, if you weren't on there, it, it was, like, weird, right? But now it's, like, no one uses it. Um, and yeah, now, I, now it's, like, a collection of weirdos. Like, it's, like, <laughs> crazy. It's, like, like... I still fit right in then. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like next level weirdo. Like it's like off the charts. It's like, I don't know, like Jupiter weirdos, like not even on this planet. It's like when I lived, like I was like working a commercial freelance gig in my past career and I was just shooting on the side and I went into, uh, it was like a city, like opposite of the country. I was like, I want to shoot shit in the, in the evenings because I was staying in a hotel like four days a week. I was like, went into model mayhem and like, the shit that was thrown at me it's like holy moly it's like it's like crazy it's like i don't want to deal with that it's like that's not even legal i think it's like weird <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I 
time, it was really popular and I was like fully into it as my number one resource. Um, they did have like paid casting calls mm-hmm. and I remember like booking a couple of paid projects through it and it was early enough where I was like, this is incredible. Like I get paid to do what I want. And now looking back, like, of course, like they were super low budget, like yeah. not professional, but at the time it was like, wow, I'm getting money for what I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but coming back to you, Brandy, like I just like, stole your thunder for a little bit no, but I'll get, it's just funny because because that's honestly where it all started for me too right like I've, I've pretty much always been shooting um portraits and like especially with a fine art twist but um there for a while I was I thought I was really interested in fashion and actually that's one of the reasons I moved to New York City too is I thought I was gonna have this like career in fashion photography <laughs> um and I was told like if you want to be in fashion you have to be in New York right like not Chicago not Kansas City not California like New New York. So, so here I am with like a portfolio that I've like tried to curate mostly from photo shoots um, that were based on uh, Model Mayhem um, in Kansas City, um, and started to really just kind of fall more into um, portraiture and and honestly events here in New York City too. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much how it started for me. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. It's funny. I, I still think that uh, it's funny how I ended up here because of fashion. But now I've just kind of like floated away from it but that's I guess why I have Emily now <laughs> she balances, balances that out. it out yeah <laughs> so so what are you guys floating towards well for me I'm definitely floating more towards um fine art portraits that's something that I've realized I have such a passion for um whether it's creating something totally um of my vision or collaborating with other artists um it's been really really cool this year to start honing in um different creative um aspects of photography, whether it's set building, whether it's creating prop, whether it's just concepting crazy cool ideas and, and using light in different ways. Like I've, I'm definitely going more, I think, towards that that fine art, like creating my world um, and bringing in clients um, to to shoot essentially my vision for them. Like that is just the dream. <laughs> So, so, um, so you're going back to the core of who Brandy was growing up yeah. with the pencils and the drawings and now using a camera and props and people to create it in a different way. Exactly. Exactly. You said it best. <laughs> I'll write that down on my website. <laughs> it's on the recording, so uh, you'll have it. Or it's, it, it's, it's live, so it's, uh, we got it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And for uh, for you, Emily, like, how did, like, what are you, like, how are you right now? Like, where are you going towards? Like, right now, like, you're, like, we've met at, like, PPEs and WPPIs as you educating for, like, Best Buy, like, all these, like, brands that's, like, doing all these things, shooting all the fashion work. Like, yeah. what's on the horizon right now? Like, where do you want to go? As where I want to go is definitely, like, luxury fashion brands, editorial work, Um, I think education is great because it's always good to have different income sources. Um, And also I really enjoy it. Like it's very fun and rewarding for me. And at the same time, like there's not a ton of goals with education, right? Like that's something that I love right now, but I definitely, I, I think sometimes it's common for photographers to go in a direction and then see the benefits that education provides and go more in that direction. And that's totally fine, but it's definitely not what I want to do. Um, and something that I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself of because education is, it, it's fun, it's rewarding, it pays well, like there's all the benefits of it. Um, but definitely where I see myself is going more after like luxury fashion brands, editorial work. That's what makes my heart happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think education note too, like we're both kind of finding that we're drawn to shoot and we're drawn to teach people kind of not so much the technical stuff, but more of like how a photo shoot is concepted, you know, how, how we approach talking to models or directing a team, like those type of things that aren't necessarily ever taught in a textbook. I I feel like we're finding like, wow, this is what we're passionate about kind of teaching. And it's almost like the education industry is just like, this is what aperture you should be using at all times. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't necessarily like those rules are meant to be broken right like yeah. it's kind of like interesting the whole education thing and how- I will I will lighting on top of that yeah because I think like, yeah. like lighting is the one technical thing where it's like oh wow this is like really really fun to talk uh, about oh absolutely yeah 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 and I think there's a lot of photographers that are like up and coming and they like have this like dot on the horizon, if you will. Like I want to be talking for XYZ brand and just like educate and yada, yada, yada. And they see that as a sort of a goal and 
that's oh. when they actually like made it into the world of photography when they're on stage and there's like a couple hundred people in the room and they just like talk and end of the day it's pretty fun like i'm doing it you guys doing it like even on like the capture one live streams and everything but end of the day it's like it's not paying rent it's like it's it's bonus material and it's like it's part of the branding like look at me like i educate so i know what i'm talking about and then translate that into the actual commercial work like i'm actually know what i'm doing so you should hire me kind of thing right i think when i was maybe like 19 20 around that age is like when i started learning a lot about photography education and looked up to so many incredible educators that are still like people that i look up to now and at mm -hmm. the same time i looked up to them in a way of like okay they're doing this so this is the ultimate goal like exactly what you're saying is like if i reach this point then i'm successful then i've done it right and now that I'm, I'm actually doing exactly what I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, this is not the goal, right? Like actually now the goal is over there, which is, it's cool to grow and to learn. Um, and all those opportunities are so much fun. Um, but you're right. It's like, it's a bonus thing. It's not the end thing, yeah. right? It's really cool, I think, to teach others and to inspire others, to motivate others. Like that's definitely something that we'll always be passionate about. But it is kind of funny how like your goal kind of changes when you when you reach a certain level. You're like, oh, like this isn't the end all be all, but this is just a part of the journey, right? And and that's cool. Yeah. So goals always change. So uh, do you like nod them down or like do you have like post-its with like this is what so, i want to do or this is like next year or in two years or like whatever like how do you guys approach that we're goal crazy yeah. <laughs> we are goal crazy yeah uh I, yeah we have different slightly different approaches so I'll, I'll let you go first i mean i definitely i keep everything in word document there's an app called wonderlist that i used to use which i don't use too much anymore um but they, they canceled it. Oh, did they? Yeah, Wunderlist is dead. It's like now it's Microsoft OneNote or oh, like something. I have no idea. Well, yeah. They moved on. Yeah, <laughs> they moved on. Like Microsoft bought it and it's... Dang. They, That's just mean. They, dis, dis, they discontinued it. So it's... Summer. You got to well, move over on. to another thing. <laughs> so now I write everything down in Google Docs. Um, and it's something that I revisit constantly because and I think... We both agree on this, like manifestation, looking at our goals, oh, talking about it out loud. Like yeah. it's so important to keep yourself accountable and to remind yourself like this is the direction I'm going in. This is what I want to do. And then also ask yourself, OK, if this is what I want to do, what are the steps I'm making right now to get to that goal? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I've I've always kept um, a journal of some sort. So whether it's a bullet journal or anything like that to just jot down notes um, as they as they uh, like come up and essentially revisit them as often as possible. I used to keep them like on my walls, like my one month goals, my three month goals, my one year goals, my three year goals, like just so I'm always seeing it, right? And and now I kind of, um, I treat vision boards as sort of goal um, check-in and it's my background on my computer. So I'm literally seeing every day the visual representations of like some of my goals. And, and also, like we said before, we have these meetings now where we kind of check in. So it's also one of those like little check-in manifestation <laughs> checkpoints of like, are we meeting our goals? Are we working towards mm -hmm. them? Like are, like what's, what's going on with that? Are we adding any more? Do we, did we achieve something that now we kind of need to revisit? Like in terms of goals, we are like just crazy. <laughs> And it's, it's only we've started doing this past month, those meetings. So mm -hmm. the way, and I'm super excited and inspired by it. So mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Yeah. We're, we meet on Mondays and Fridays. So we'll actually meet tonight. Mm -hmm. And we have like a whole agenda planned where we talk about, um, one, just like how we're feeling mentally, physically, emotionally, because all of that also adds up to our work, right? Like you need to be in a good headspace to be go doing good work, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then we go and we talk about, okay, what paid opportunities came our week our way this week what collaborations came our way and then talk about what we did last week what we want to do the next week and then whenever we meet the next week we say okay you told me you wanted to do abc did you do these things did you not and it's just a really good way to like hold ourselves accountable and like 
I don't want to say to Brandy, hey, I'm going to do this and come to her next week and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. So totally. just that accountability, I think, is really important. Yeah. And yeah. that's just Monday. And then Friday's meetings are all about manifestations. And like, it is my dream to photograph this person. It is my dream to photograph for this brand. And just kind of saying that out loud and, and essentially helping each other remember like what it is that we're like working towards and, and why all these little steps are important to get there. It's kind of like that whole idea of like when you start looking for the color red, all of a sudden you see like red cars everywhere, like red X, yes. Y, Z, you know, and so it, looking for those opportunities, I think it's easier to find them when you're you're constantly reminding yourself, this is what I'm looking and for. And saying it out loud, right? Like yeah. we totally believe yeah. in manifestation. So even just getting on here right now and telling you and the world, right? Like these are, these are the things we're working towards. It's just that much more motivation to get there. Yeah. So yeah. if we mention like, Think about a red hammer. Everybody that's listening right now has a red hammer in their yeah. vision kind of thing. Because that's usually how it works, right? So it's don't think about the pink elephant and everybody sees the pink elephant. You know, it's like, it's more like that, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. So like, think about photography full time, right? Just like make that your goal. And then suddenly one day you'll wake up and you'll be able to do it full time. Like that's, it's, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. So how do your goals uh, reflect your personal brand? Like, do you change the way that you talk to people? Does it change the way you present yourself? Like, how does that work in your mind? I would say at least for, for photographers starting out with personal branding, I think something that's really important is to, I mean, one, to really know yourself, right? Like, what are you about? Because you, you can create a brand that's not who you are, but it's going to be a lot harder to uphold that, right? So if you can be really authentic, think about, okay, these are the traits that are valuable to me. This is what my style is. This is what I'm drawn to. Take all of those words or terms, put them all down, and then find a way to kind of polish it to create this brand, right? So for me, I know I want to go after these luxury fashion clients, right? Um, everything about how I'm going to communicate with potential clients, with anyone I'm working with, um, I'm going to try to reflect that. So I'm going to speak in a way that's sophisticated. I'm going to show work that represents that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, um, and, and how my, my goals are like, um, being manifested in my personal branding, like things that are really important to me in the future are, um, honing in on my, my style and my photograph, my unique, um, voice and photography and using that as a tool to reach people that I want to photograph and brands I want to photograph and um, even my stuff with art, like all the watercoloring and things I do with like multimedia um, work with photography. Like I hope to one day have like a, a gallery show of that. Right. So it's all kind of like creating this world, this brand, this this unique voice and just really honing in on what it is that I'm passionate about and pushing that out into the world and therefore getting like the portrait clients and also achieving all these other bonus goals that I have. It's all really like a part of the world, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Like how difficult was it to get to this point? Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't, the most difficult thing has been finding a place to, to like a, a place in New York city to live and work, right? Like this has been a major goal for my, like as long as I've lived here. Right. But in terms of like creating a portfolio of work, that's cohesive, that's unique to me and authentic to my voice. I wouldn't call that hard at all. Right. Like, cause that's just everyday me working a little bit more towards that. Right. So whether it's a self portrait, whether it's, you know, grabbing a friend and photographing, like, I wouldn't say that that part was the hardest. I would definitely say like luck was on our side when we were finally able to find a place that we could shoot and live in, right? Because in, in New York, it's it's hard to find a place to shoot in. You, you usually have to like rent something out. Um, and when you're doing something for personal or collaboration, like renting a studio space is, is definitely an, an expense that is, is not fun, right? <laughs> so for yeah. the longest time, I've just been shooting in my bedroom, in my living room until we found this place that was able to, now we're able to have like fuller sized um, photo shoots. And that's just a dream. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would say it's, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I, it's hard work to get to this point. It's definitely challenging it takes a lot of work I'll say that yeah I think hard has this kind of connotation of like negative or like 
wow, yeah. this is really difficult and I don't like it, which yeah. is, is not that, mm-hmm. but definitely like that it takes dedication, oh, all the dedication yeah. and like a level, I think at least for myself, it, I'm so obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really necessary to be obsessed with it. And a level of excitement yeah. for it, right? Like that's what powers you right. through, right? So like I've been shooting for eight and a half years now. I would say even at the six year mark, like two and a half years ago, I was so upset looking at my portfolio because even though I knew it was good work, it didn't feel cohesive to me. And that became my number one goal. Like how do I make work that's very cohesive? So people, when they look at my website, they like, they know exactly what they're going to get if they hire me, what I'm capable of and what my style is. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's not hard, but it's just like sticking to it, keeping close to yourself, and developing uh, based off that. It might will. be. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like not hard in a negative way, but you know, it it does take a lot of work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely I want to echo that too. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's hard to to achieve this level, um, but I do think it takes a lot of dedication and, and hard work. Right. Like. But if you have the excitement in that dream, then it will just it and then will, it feels it will good, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just like every little milestone, even if it was a challenging shoot, it's it's a lesson, right? And it's pushing you closer to your goals. So, yeah. so yeah. How, how do you translate the work that you create that people understand? Like, do you use a lot of words? Do you like when you post something? Do do you just like? talk about how you created it or do you talk about the vision behind it or like how do you present it in a way that people uh, grasp what the concept behind it was absolutely I'll, I'll take this one uh, but especially with my fine art portraits now if I've done a really good job at the portrait itself it doesn't really need a lot of words right and I think that's m- mostly true for a lot of different types of photography but what it what I found with my portrait business is that if I do a great job at curating a photo shoot that reflects my vision and also my subjects, like it, that symbiotic like relationship of like what a photo shoot is, like that collaboration, then um, I don't need a lot of words. But I always include words, right? <laughs> so in my in my captions, in my website um, bio, in any sort of words that I'm putting out there, I'm just trying to reaffirm what it is that I'm passionate about, what I'm what I'm all about, what my what my service is, which is capturing feminine, unique um, portraits with like this fine art like twist, right? Something that only I can take for you. And um, so so what that looks like is is really just the photo at first um, speaking for itself, and then the, that text just kind of underlining the fact of this is a fine art um, experience, right? Um, so if, if any client is looking at my photos, my Instagram, my website, they automatically know exactly what's going on. So okay, yeah. did you, did you ever did you guys ever ask other people like how did they actually see your brand and if it matches what you uh, want to put out there? Yeah, so I that's actually something that I've done like every two years I do that. Um, just with my Facebook audience, um, because it's a large enough audience that I feel like I'm getting a lot of different opinions. And of course, it's important to have all those different opinions from people from different parts of the world with different cultures. Like, I just want everyone's opinion on what it is. Um, and so far, the past two times I've done that, it's always come back with words or terms that do reflect what I'm going for, which is, it feels like a little bit of success, right? Where I think maybe earlier on when I was doing that, it was more like pretty, <laughs> you know, and it, it was also like a different audience too because at the time I didn't have as many connections on Facebook I didn't have as many valuable connections on Facebook right of people that I really respect um, their opinions yeah I it's funny you mentioned that because at first I was like I don't think so but now that you mention it yeah it's so useful to tap into your audience that's not necessarily just your Instagram audience but your your community on on Facebook your friends your family the people you grew up with right for just their input on even just keywords or like their opinion on how things are laid out on your website right like just getting like anybody's um, vision on kind of like where your work is, how they see it. Um, and if the words that are coming out of their mouth is is what you're trying to project, then that's magic, right? Because you've done your job, right? But if they see something that's not necessarily something that you're trying to um, put out there into the world, then that's like your side, right? You're like, okay, I need to change something. Um, that's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah. 
something I always try to do is look at my work through others' eyes. And so I imagine whether it's a client, a friend, another photographer, whoever it is, I imagine it from their perspective, what my work might look like to them. And I think that's really helpful to try to be as objective as possible about your work. So when somebody gives you like a keyword that you never thought of like do you go like yeah that's not me or do you go hey that's interesting uh maybe i should add that into my toolbox kind of thing because i never saw myself that like how do you like i think it depends who the advice is coming from like you know i guess a connecting story is maybe a few years ago i had a portfolio review and it was my first time having a portfolio review and i was really really excited and the person, I, I just like signed up for a panel where it's like whoever, whichever reviewer is free first, you go to that one. And so I got connected with a wedding photographer. Keep in mind, like my work is all fashion. And the guy was really nice. He's like, wow, this is really good work. I don't really know what to tell you. And so I think, and he was really honest about it, but because he didn't know how to critique my work because it wasn't his specialty, he started looking for stuff that he could normally talk about. Like, I think he's like, well, this doesn't follow the rule of thirds. And I just like remember putting my hand against my face being like, okay, this is not my audience. So if he was to come to me and say, you know, you should try this keyword or you should try doing this, I would really, I would take it into consideration. And at the same time, I would say, is this someone who understands my industry? Mm -hmm. And for that case, no, it's not. But if another fashion photographer who I really respected came to me, there's a lot more chance that I would I would take their advice, you know? Mm -hmm. So you always weigh where the opinion is coming from. Mm -hmm. Super important. Okay, so um, what, like you've been going at it for a little bit of time right, uh, right now, like you with the fashion, Brandy with the self-portrait and the fine art and like all of that. Like what is something valuable that you learn to share with the audience? I think for me, if I could give like one piece of advice to any photographer, it's working with really talented teams and understanding that you can't do it all by yourself. Um, and I, I say that from experience because as I mentioned before, when I was starting out with learning about fashion and trying to shoot it, I was trying to style all my, all my own shoots mostly because I didn't have access to stylists at the time. But the moment that I started working with better stylists or better models, better makeup artists, just better teams in general, I saw how my work really elevated. And that's still true. You know, the more talented of a team you have, the better the photos are going to be. Yeah. yeah. And for you, Brandy? I think one of the most important, like, assignments even I was given was to look at the work that's out there and start collecting the work that you wish you shot, right? Like you, to be able to find your voice and what inspires you is so important. So in in college, um, I went to I went to school for photography, and one of um, our final projects was to just literally rip out magazine images, put them on your wall, uh, print off things from Pinterest, put them on your wall. Like you you end up with this mural of, of a giant portfolio of hopefully very cohesive work. And then you stare at it and write down all of the terms that like that work represents. Um, for me at the time, it, it would actually shock everyone. It was very like avant-garde, like thick eyeliner like black and like gels and like I was really drawn towards this like kind of dark fashion that I have totally steered from but but um I started to create a portfolio with those keywords in mind with those lighting in mind and and started to create kind of this very cohesive uh brand um since then I've 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 kind of fallen out of love with it and I think that's maybe a good lesson too that your your voice and your brand can change over time um but for then um, it was really, really helpful to have a cohesive portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Something I think is important for any photographer is to start thinking about your unique voice. What drives you to create? What colors um, are you naturally drawn towards? What types of models? Um, or maybe no models at all, you know, like start to think about what what images are out there that you really, really, really love that you wish you shot and just really start thinking about what it is about them and, and incorporate that into your next shoot. Um, creating that cohesive portfolio will make everything easier from your website, from working with others to um, getting clients, right? Because if you can show someone, this is the work I love and I create, then then you're set, right? Like that's that's it. Yeah. So like they do an interior design, like create a mood board and yes. run based of that. 
like built your yeah. uh, portfolio mood board or your business mood board or like however you want to call it. Mood board's so important. We're all visuals. Like we're all visual creatives as photographers, right? And it so makes sense that mood boards are crucial in us to visually understand where we are and where we're going. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but this is like how a valuable piece of advice like what are you still struggling with like what are the things that you go like oh my gosh got to do with that or like i i don't know mm -hmm. like this is something that uh, uh, an uphill battle like what are you fighting? i think for me um even though i i went to school for photography and i had a minor in business there's so much like we're both our own business um, owners right like we have our own companies we are everything we wear all the hats right from marketing to advertising to creating to concepting to producing to studio managing like we to accounting you know like we literally do it all so for me and I, I honestly probably for both of us like wearing all those hats especially those business hats are are more um, tough to wear right like we we still like manage but that's definitely the, the biggest struggle is understanding the business side how we're marketing ourselves and so every day we're we're really trying to still figure that out and become better students at um marketing business accounting like those type of things Is I, it, I was gonna say taxes yeah <laughs> well, accounting, <right>? everybody <laughs> hates taxes <laughs> so, yeah, i would like to be better about that yeah um yeah I, I mean yeah pretty much the business side just like all that stuff that is not creative right because that's where we thrive that's why we are these like these visual people mm -hmm. um so the stuff that is more stuff that requires numbers the stuff that you know it's boring yeah. <laughs> it's boring we're not, <laughs> not into it <laughs> no numbers beyond f-stops so. <laughs> yeah. those, those are fine yeah those are important iso also will take shutter speed will take anything else God. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this quite a lot recently, um, and and stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think when we were starting out, as most photographers, like there's this focus and really strong desire to learn everything technical, right? Mm -hmm. And we're really fortunate that we're at a place where like we're like great, okay, we get it, like yeah. technically. We get it. We're good. Um, but then there's the side outside of photography and you have to do that as well. Right. And that's the part that sucks. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever consider outsource? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, and that's kind of what it is right now is like finding for me, at least like finding the right kind of tax person to work with, like for everything that I'm not great at, I'm like, great. How can I hire someone else to do this? So for retouching, I used to love retouching and then I worked as a retoucher full time and now I hate it. And so like retouching is something where I'm like, okay, great. I, want to outsource it and not only that but like I know that I can find people who would retouch it better than I would too right so yeah. anything that you either don't want to do or someone could do it better than you can outsource <laughs> yeah I'm a little bit troll freak and absolutely like have such a hard time like giving my child to anyone <laughs> I think it's also different because you are in that fine art space yeah and like you're retouching like it there's just so many creative decisions that you're doing. Mm, mm, that's a good point. Maybe. Yeah, I like that. But I'll I stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like that. I have permission now to keep. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Emily and myself are more retouching for clients, and you're mm. retouching your vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really uh, does that make sense? Like, is that like uh, something that like sums it up real quick? Totally. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like the business stuff, yeah, definitely we need to start reaching out to like somebody else that's better at doing like yeah. more like the production, the the um, taxes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like for so long. I have been trying to learn about better SEO, right? And then finally I was like, I should just talk to someone who like, that's the only thing that they do. So finding people that specialize in those areas. So like for me, finding someone who all they do every day is retouch, finding someone who all they do every day is SEO work, right? And mm -hmm. so like recently having those kind of conversations, I mean like, oh cool. So instead of like putting in X amount of years learning about this, which like you should still have the foundation to know about it with anything, right? Yeah. Like have this, end, but then find someone who specializes in it on top and mm -hmm. then take that information and apply it. Mm -hmm. Does that also yeah. apply for your photography? Like uh, very niching and very specializing and being known for a particular look yeah. or style or. Yeah. I, I see. We, I was computing that in my head for a second. Um, absolutely. And that's, Again, why it's so important to specialize, right? 
So then when people are like, okay, we want someone who shoots this kind of fashion style, they're probably not going to go to someone who also shoots weddings. Maybe they will, right? But more than likely, they're going to find someone exactly in that area. I think that's actually good advice, too, if anybody is interested in any other creative field, too, right? Like me, uh, Emily and I have started to get really interested in video, right? And so we're learning a lot on our own, but also we're fortunate enough to have quite a number of very talented videographer friends to, to just ask any sort of question, right? Or there's so many resources online, too. Like YouTube is an incredibly amazing place of information. Um, so, so essentially trying to do that research on your own a little bit, but also having that almost professional that you can shoulder tap for, for more detailed questions has been really, really helpful. Definitely. That's such a good example. I just started thinking about that. Like I, um, I'm super interested in going more in the directing route. And I know that like, I need to learn video editing because it's going to help me understand how to communicate better and how to understand things better. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I already know I don't want to edit video. So Mm -hmm. even though I'm going to learn the foundation of how to do that, I still at some point will find someone to outsource and have them take that over because they are going to be so much better because they actually enjoy doing it, right? Absolutely. Like if you can outsource anything you don't enjoy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If it spark, if it doesn't spark joy, get get, rid of it. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) So you want to make sure that you talk the lingo, but not actually push the buttons. Exactly. Right. So just like know exactly what you want and know the possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Like I, so we're both just starting to get our feet wet with video and video editing. And like now knowing how to cut together a very basic video has helped me understand the future of like, what is possible if you are wanting direct to direct a commercial or to direct a fine art video or whatever, you know, like once you start to understand what's possible and the different programs and um, what's out there essentially, like it really kind of helps your creative side to be able to flourish because you know, like, you know exactly what's going to, what's going to happen or how to visualize it. Totally. Okay. That makes total. So when do you guys think you are successful? Never. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in a a way, like we, we already are successful, right? Like we have done so much. We've reached so many goals. I guess what, what I mean by saying never is that like, I don't think, at least for myself, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. Like I will always be chasing that carrot and that's good. Like I want it to be that way because I think once you're satisfied with your work, it's a lot easier to become stagnant and, and lazy. stop growing. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. I think, and I my answer of like, we already are, is just like the goal has always been to do photography full time. Like as a kid, if you were to tell me like that I would be an artist full time, like, oh my God, like I would have died. And like, knowing right now that we're both like we're both in that boat already like wow how cool but no but, you're right okay we're successful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to emily's point too right like there there's also still something in us that just makes us so excited to chase more and um and and do better and create better and and just learn more you know so it's just it's so cool that like and with one question, there's like two very different answers, but they're both still kind of true, right? Yeah, like definitely. there's a, there's a humbleness and, and that we're able to do what we love for a living. And there's also that insatiable need to just keep growing. Okay. So what is the growth goal? Like when we talk in, let's say two year, like yeah. how let's make it five years. We, yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> make it five years. I was, I was going to say five, but I was gonna do like I was gonna ease into it, but let's go for five. Let's that beat around the bush. Like in five years, like when I Google Emily Teak and when I Google Brandy Nicole, like what am I gonna find? My Vogue cover of Taylor Swift or Beyonce, first of all. <laughs> and we're also gonna have a like essentially our same apartment, but just like a little bit bigger and maybe in the city instead of in Brooklyn, right? Like that, that's definitely some of the up there goal. <laughs> I, I think for me, like something that we go, like we've talked about these Monday and Fridays ag- agendas. Um, one of the things that we talk about are like, who are our dream clients? What are our dream like goals, right? And so for me, I have a list of dream clients. And then I also have a list of like dream editorials, which like are still clients, but because the money's so different, I, I like have it broken up in that way. So like dream brands and dream editorials. Um, so if I could work for let's say like at least two from each list like that would feel like the success that I would want in five years Mm -hmm. so like 
Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Vogue, like that would be on the editorial list, right? On the brand list, um, Gucci, Burberry, Prada, you know, those would be nice. (laughs) And I think that's when we do have these meetings, like those are the goals that like right now we're like, oh, wow, that sounds wild. But like every step that we're doing every single day is working more attainable. Yeah. Like the more we say it out loud, it's crazy how pie in the sky it felt writing it down. But now, like even just two weeks after we've started having these check ins, it's just like, yeah, that's Five years, no problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, let's work for two years, right? Like, to your point. <laughs> yeah. It's it, like some people have like attainable goals, and some people have like big, hairy, audacious goals. It's like mm-hmm. way out there. Yeah. And so, final question where, what's the best way for people to find? more about you okay yeah so we're all over the place actually we're definitely mostly active on instagram so mine is brandy nicole photo um i'm also just recently started a youtube channel i'm very very excited about it's also brandy nicole photo um we also have facebook communities mine is on exploring creativity um, and it's a great hub for people to interact with each other. And I also chime in on as much as possible. So it's it's anyone that's a photographer, a creative, an artist. Um, there's even like electrical engineers in there and just crafters. It's it's so such a cool space um, for artists of different facets to critique each other's work. And I'm really, really proud of the community that we're building there. Um, and yeah, those are basically the three avenues for me. And then for me, I have Instagram, which is underscore Emily Teague. Um, for my website, it's Emily dash Teague. Um, and my Facebook community is fashion and portrait with Emily Teague. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending uh, this time with us. So uh, loved having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for today. But before we part ways, let me invite you to my personal branding for photographers community on Facebook. The group has already around 700 photographers who want to learn everything about improving their personal brand. Make sure to add yourself by going to mauriciejager.com forward slash Facebook or subscribe to my podcast on your preferred platform. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on Facebook or you'll hear from me in the next episode. Enjoy your day. Talk soon. Bye.